to get an amen. Maybe you're here as we were singing that song. Maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you're a little uncertain about maybe some season that you're in right now or, or maybe something that you're, you're faced with. And boy, boy, what a perfect song to remind us that God is in control, that sometimes I have to remind myself that the same God that, that parted the Red Sea is the same God we serve today. The, the same God that stopped the Jordan River from flowing is the same God we serve today. And that he's working on our behalf for those who put their trust in him. And sometimes the future is uncertain for us because we don't see it, but God does. And, and we're right there in his hands when we trust him. And, and nothing can take us from that when we put our trust and our hope ultimately in him. And so maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you're grappling with something. Maybe you're, you're uncertain about something or, or something that's unfolding in your life or some circumstance that's unfolding in your life. And I'm here to tell you that, that Jesus Christ is that firm foundation that never moves that never changes. He cares for you today. He cares about your situation. Um, and he just tells you to, to, to lean on him and to trust him through all that uncertainty. And what he ends up doing is producing something deep in us, a deeper faith and we could never gain unless we go through that circumstance that he's working on our behalf to produce perseverance and steadfastness that we couldn't gain otherwise unless we go through a trial. And sometimes those trials are hard, but Christ is right there with us developing our faith so that we learn to trust him even more so that when that next trial comes, we can look back and say, God, you were faithful there, right? And you're going to be faithful here. And I can trust you. I'm so glad you came to church today. Amen. I was just thinking, I was just thinking about that this morning. I was like, God, there's something precious when we come together as God's family and we sit under your word and we sing together and we're encouraged. And boy, I was, I'm encouraged this morning because of God's word. And when we sing and we worship God together, there's something special about that that we can't get when we're separated. Amen. We need each other. We need to be together and unified under Jesus Christ. And we come together, there's something special about that. And I know God's presence is here today. And I pray that he's speaking to you and that he cares about you and that you're not alone. Amen. So I'm, I'm glad you, you came on this rainy morning because it's pretty sunny in here right now. God is good. Amen. So Lord, we just bow our hearts before you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray for anyone here here today, God, that is just maybe battling with some uncertainty in their life. And Lord, the words that we sang is, are so true that we are ultimately in your hands, that in Christ Jesus, nothing can separate us from your love. And God, I pray that you would encourage every person here today, that you would remind them today that they're not alone, that even through the trial, even through those valleys, you walk with us that you're going to lead us and you're going to guide us and we're going to put our hand in your hand and we're just going to trust you, Lord, and we're just going to lean on you even though we are uncertain. You are not uncertain and you have everything in control. And so we put our hope and our trust in you today. And I pray that for anyone here today that just needs that encouragement through your Holy Spirit, I pray that that would resound in their spirit today, that God, you are in control and that you would encourage them today. So we thank you for this time. Lord, we just pray today for this service. We thank you for Hope and Richard Stewart that are with us, missionaries to the Native Americans in Montana. We're so grateful that they're here with us to share what God is doing through their ministry and through their lives. And we pray just a special blessing upon the service and your word, God. 
we just love you so much, and we just thank you just to be called by your name and to be your servants. And we just pray now that you would just uh, bless us and, and let us keep steadfast as we serve you, Lord. We thank you that you remain constant and that you never change. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful, precious name. And all God's children said, amen. Let's give the Lord just a hand clap of praise. He's worthy of it. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So good to see everyone here. We had a appreciate Pastor Mike delivering the word last week. We were in the Adirondacks last week. And um, I wish I had a big fish story to tell you because I didn't catch him. My son and my dad did. So I'm, I pushed him over the boat and they had to swim back to shore. Um, but we had a great uh, a great week and a great time with our family. We kind of have a family reunion up there and, and uh, with my sisters and uh, my nephews, and, and we just have a great time. So uh, thank you for your prayers. And I know Mike, Pastor Mike did a great job last week delivering the word. Um, I'm so glad you're here this morning. We've got some special guests with us here this morning, uh, Hope and Richard Stewart. They are uh, missionaries to Montana, to the Native Americans there, and they've been uh, there since 1992, three, two-ish, three, 1993. I've met them in 1992. When I was in South Carolina as the youth pastor and called there, uh, Hope and Richard were the youth pastors before me, and we got to know each other really well because they were itinerating at the time, and uh, we kind of shared the office, and you make calls out of there. And uh, just a neat story, if you've never met a cowboy, Richard is a cowboy. He, he is, he is full-bred Westerner now, and uh, so he's got a lot of great stories. But we were in, uh, in the office one time, and someone donated a BB gun to the Royal Rangers, and the BB gun was sitting in my office. And Richard came in one time, and um, he says, "I wonder if this thing works." So he shot the BB gun off in my office, in the office. So I shot it too. So we're doing target practice in in the in the office. So uh, legend has come down through these years that I'm called uh, the Widowmaker, and Richard is called the Gunslinger. So just refer to him as Gunslinger. Uh, but they've been doing a great job. They have two children that are now uh, grown and married, and they are grandparents with five grandchildren. They just had a, another little grandson not too long ago. I can't believe you guys have five grandchildren. Oh my goodness, time goes by so quickly. And I know their their uh, you know their son and their daughter well, and they're just, just serving the Lord and, and and doing a wonderful job. And um, Hope and Richard have been doing a wonderful job. In Montana, and one of the things they do is they direct a Indian youth camp in Montana. It's a beautiful camp, and they reach many of the Native Americans there, many of the young people there. In fact, our church has gone there in years past, two or three years in a row, to to help them with that. I took uh, that was my actually the trip to Montana was my first youth missions trip when I was a youth pastor in South Carolina, and we went to Montana, and they were starting a church on the Blackfoot Indian Reservation in Browning, uh, an Assembly of God church there that is going strong today, and uh, that's great to hear, and God is just doing a great work through them, and I'm so glad they came and spoke here about 11 years ago, and I think we're in the other sanctuary, we're building this sanctuary, so it's been a while since they've come, and they're just dear friends of mine, and I'm so glad that they're able to come come out east and share with us from their ministry in Montana. So would you just give a warm welcome to Hope and Richards? They just come to share God's word. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's great to be here. This is just uh, something we've been looking forward to for a while. And uh, 
being up here in uh, New York has been been nice. You know, every area of the country um, has its own beauty, and uh, we certainly like uh, things out in Montana. But as we came up here yesterday, we kind of jumped off the interstate and came up a kind of a northern route across here from Schenectady and uh, just drove through all those small towns and looking at all the rural agriculture communities and almost feels like we were back in Montana again. You guys have a great place to live. I know you probably already know that, but uh, from an outsider coming in, it's an awesome place where you live. My wife, Hope, is with me this morning. If you'll wave or do something there. Yes, and we've been married up in the 30-something years now, so uh, it's uh, hard to believe that uh, we've been around as long as we have and in our 50s now, and uh, I remember thinking that People that were that old were really, really old, pretty much finished with life, not much left to do. And uh, I'm different than the way those people used to be. I feel like I still got a lot still uh, in the tank. But uh, anyway, enough of that. Um, We do want to thank you for your partnership with us for so many years. We have partnered together in Native American ministry. And as you know, missions works through... um, people responding to the particular thing that God wants them to do to be a part of the things that are in his heart. And when God's excited about things, he makes a way for them to happen. And uh, we have to just find our place to fit into what God wants us to do to be a part of that. And so in this particular case, we were the ones that God spoke to and uh, asked us to to, uh, go to Montana and uh, leave everything that was familiar to us to to move to the reservations and uh, do church planting and um, ministry to, to uh, young people out there. And uh, you guys have responded right along with us, though, and have supported us financially and with prayer and with also some of your personnel coming on short-term mission trips to uh, be a part of that. And uh, we've had some great times together, and uh, I look forward to uh, being able to just share a, a brief report with you this morning. Um there's a verse over in, in Acts. There's two I'd like to look at real quickly. And one is in Acts chapter 13. This is the story of Paul the Apostle, who at this time is just known as Saul. He's recently been converted, just sort of getting his feet on the ground, ground in ministry. And uh, in uh, chapter 13, we find him returning from Jerusalem, and he's gotten uh, back to Antioch. And uh, I'd like to just read a couple of verses here because I think it's significant. It says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And uh, this is the beginning of a very specific call that God placed on Saul's life to go to Asia Minor and basically be a church planter for the rest of his life. Now, over in chapter 21, we find Saul now called Paul almost at the end of his life. He has just returned to Jerusalem after his third missionary journey. He comes into the city. He's about to be arrested. But when he first arrives, we we see him going up to meet with the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. So if you would look with me now at verse 18 of, of Acts chapter 21, 
we find this. And on the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all of the elders were present. And when he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And I, I want to just do that this morning um, to talk about the things that God has separated us for. Part of it will just be our own personal story uh, that you have been interwoven into by the partnership that we share. And uh, I had a chance to sit down with the superintendent of the of the Montana district just a couple of months ago, and I asked him if he would, just from his perspective, talk a little bit about what type of impact our our ministry has had on the Native American population in Montana. There's about 60,000 Native American people that live on seven Indian reservations. There's 11 tribes that are represented there. And uh, over the past 21, almost 22 years, uh, we have been involved in trying to follow what God wants us to do in, uh, in making an impact for his kingdom on those reservations. And so if you're ready with that video, I'll just let that run. It'll just, it's about two and a half minutes. I want to say thanks to the supporting churches who have helped Richard and Hope Stewart be a part of the missional outreach in Montana. It has had significant impact and enabled us to have uh, an impact, especially in the Native American reservations and in those churches that we couldn't have without that. One of the great benefits that I see in this partnership of ministry to the Native Americans has been the development of Native leaders themselves. And we've seen this over in Poplar. We've seen it down on the Crow Reservation and prior. We now have a Native American presbyter that is uh, geographically tied in with the entire state and all seven reservations. And we've seen it up in Browning. And this development of Native leadership has created a strength in our churches on the reservations that we've not seen before. We're excited about that. We've had to basically put more chairs in each week and and uh it's just the testimony that people you know in the community are talking to me and and uh just calling me and telling me you know that just the word about the, the church is just spreading all over town and then also the work teams and the crews and projects that have helped coordinate brand new church down in busby parsonage remodeling and garage being built in browning uh, work done in Ronan on that reservation, uh, moving over to the Fort Belknap Reservation, contemplating a new church coming up there this year. Indian Youth Camp has been a fantastic outreach. It's provided an experience that we could provide in no other way for our Indian churches on the reservations. On Tuesday, they're talking about forgiveness, and um, I have a really tough time forgiving people. I thought about how I treat my parents, how I talk bad, how I don't come home late at night. And when I get home, I'm going to go home and talk to my mom and tell her I love her. And that's what you got to think of God as for some of you that don't have a fatherly figure, that God's your fatherly figure, 
and that he's always going to be there for you guys, that he loves you. We have just been blessed by that partnership with the supporting churches, uh, with the stewards and um, the entire kingdom of God and Indian ministries and specifically have been greatly blessed by your partnership. And we say thank you. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so we just say thank you as well for all of that. Uh, just as a uh, sort of to catch everybody up, we moved to Browning back in 93. We moved in February, which is not the best month to move to Montana. And uh, we were, were living in South Carolina, uh, where Pastor Barden was at at the time. And uh, it was about 70 degrees there when we left, and it was 15 below when we got to Montana, about a foot of snow on the ground. And we had rented a house over the phone that uh, we had never seen. That was before the days of Internet and all that. And uh, there was a key supposed to be waiting for us at the local lumber yard, and the guy wasn't there, but the key was, and the, the guy wasn't sure what house it was to. And he, he said, I think it goes to that house over there, and he pointed to a house a couple blocks away. He said, just try it in the door. If it fits, that's the one you rented. And uh, so that's how it started out. We, uh, we started services six weeks later in, in a funeral home, which I didn't think was a good idea. But uh, it was the only building that was available. And uh, uh, God, we were there for six months. Uh, they said we could have it for 50 bucks on Sunday. Actually, the first, the first Sunday, uh, it was Easter Sunday. We were just um, getting ready to have our first service. And they called us Saturday night and said, Oh, sorry. We just got a body. Uh, you'll have to uh, you'll have to wait till next week. And uh, they uh, they were a new funeral home that wasn't doing much business at the time. And so uh, it was interesting. But uh, you know, God does some awesome things. Uh, I uh, you know sometimes we think that everything has to be just right before God can move. And and there is a, a place for excellence, and we need to give our best effort to God. But we do not have to have every T crossed and every I dotted for God to move sovereignly to accomplish his will. And uh, I learned that, I think, in, in seeing God work. Perhaps he even used that to draw people because who in the world would have church down at the morgue? And uh, maybe some people came just to see what, <laughs> what kind of people it was that would think of doing something like that. But uh, to make a very long story short, we were there for 10 and a half years planting uh, a, a church there. And uh, after about four years, we were in this, uh, there should be a slide coming up at, uh, on a, um, in this little one-room building on the, uh, uh, the reservation. This is on the Blackfeet Reservation in the tribal headquarters town of Browning. We were in that one-room building, and then we brought in an old trailer to use for children's ministry. And uh, uh, in those early days, was that, was that where we were meeting Pastor Barden whenever you came? They had this wild experience up there uh, in Browning when their, when their teenagers came up. But we were in there for four years, and it just seemed like there was no land available. It's very difficult to have land uh, available on the reservations because almost all of it is either owned by a tribe or by tribal members and it's in trust so you can't buy it unless you're a tribal member but god provided miraculously uh in a really neat way and three and a half acres became available right in the middle of town and we were able to build a brand new facility on it and that's the picture this next picture is the one of the of the new facility it's 6300 square feet building and we finished that in 97 or 98 and uh 
has been uh, has been a great great asset to the ministry there. But it was just really through miracles of missions partnership provisions. We were probably bringing in about fifteen thousand dollars a year for an annual budget in the church, and uh, the uh, the land was was forty thousand dollars. And we asked them if uh, we gave them five thousand if they would. Uh, give us six months to pay off the balance, and they said they would. And uh, at the same time, just shortly after that, we started building the church. The Lord just provided some 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 maps teams that that were available to come on short notice. So by December, we had the church built almost completely done, uh, and we still owed thirty five thousand dollars on the land. And uh, we went down to the lawyer's office and were able to give him a check for $35,000 for uh, the, the balance of the land that had come in through missions partnership, through people that didn't receive any benefit themselves from contributing, except that they were interested in doing what the kingdom of God wanted to have done. And, uh, and uh, you know, your church was a partner in that. We also, at that same time, were building the church, and an additional $45,000 came in for the land. So for a church that brings in $15,000 a year for income, there was an additional $80,000 that came in in, in one year's time. And uh, if that isn't just that, the affirming hand of God, and it just it, it stirs my heart every time I think about this to recognize that if God begins to stir our hearts for something that is out of our reach, if we will just follow in obedience to uh, what we think God wants us to do, if it's in his heart, it is absolutely amazing the doors that God will open. He can do anything, and our resources have absolutely no bearing on what God can accomplish, but our faith has everything to do with it. And uh, so through faith and miracles and through people with a heart for God, the church was built. Uh, we were praying hard for a, a Native American pastor and just didn't seem to be making much progress on it. We got the new church built and still hadn't had anybody uh, that uh, was on the horizon. But yet God was at work. And one day one of the men in the church, his name was Burton Butterfly, he came into my office and he said, Pastor, I feel like God's called me to full-time ministry out of the blue. I was so excited. And about six months later, he came back in and said, you know, I feel like God is saying it's now or never. And through another series of provisions, uh, we were able to uh, bring him on full time right from the beginning. And he and I co-pastored together for three and a half years. And at the end of that three and a half years, uh, he took over the church completely himself and continued to pastor. And the church plant there was done uh, at uh, almost the 11-year mark. And we thought we were going to do it in about four years, but it took a little bit longer. <clears throat> the church, as Pastor Bard mentioned earlier, is doing very well. This next picture is of our current pastor that's there, Joel and Sharon Cornelius. They are outstanding. The church um, runs about 175 to 200 people now. They're doing a tremendous job of, of winning the lost and of uh, helping people, uh, challenging people uh, in a culture that does not uh, prioritize commitment at all, challenging their people to, to be committed to God and be committed to the work of the ministry and, and providing uh, a children's ministry, being, being involved in some area where they're committing themselves faithfully to the work of the kingdom as well. And so that's a report on the, on the church that we originally 
went there to uh, establish. This next picture is of a of a uh, of a, a church. It doesn't really look like a church, but you see, it's got the Assembly of God sign on it, so it must be this church. Uh, an old guy. I say that in with respect. Um, he was old, but he had a call from the Lord to really reach the people in the Northern Cheyenne Reservation, and he he was a I mean, he was a, a free-spirited guy. You know, he just, he didn't fit anybody's mold. And I'm sure there's no leadership seminar that uh, would uh, have evaluated him and said that this guy can be successful. He just, he wouldn't fit any mold. He just, he would just, he would just pray loud right in the middle of any store or anything. Just, just praying in the spirit out loud and, and, and just, uh, just uh, no sense of, of, you know, any kind of political correctness or, I mean, he was just out there, but I think what he did had, he had, he had a relationship with the Lord that was so authentic. He and his wife both, and they loved the, the Cheyenne people and they planted this church and, uh, they, they were just totally on their own, had no support. And there was, they weren't, they were just two people on social security. And, uh, he bought this church uh, building uh, for $600 on his credit card. The school was auctioning it off for something. It was an old, old building that they had used for teacher housing. And uh, most of the years I went up there, they didn't even have running water in the place. And the roof, if you saw it from the side, it has a nice sway back right down the the, the, uh, the ridge line of the roof. But uh, ministry was done in that church that impacted so many people there again it didn't look like it was a top-notch ministry but in the heart of god sometimes we use maybe the wrong measuring stick to see whether something is effective or not anyway this next picture shows the building we just finished last year uh this, you can go into the next picture as well i think it shows it more completed through maps partnership again uh this team actually barden is from uh, Faith Assembly that did the outside of the uh, of the building and completed the outside part of it. But um, this new facility is has been. It's a very small community. Busby is a town of a few hundred people, and uh, they're running now about fifty people in the in the services on Sunday. And the youth pastor and his wife, she's a Native American from there, and and he is a graduate from American Indian College in Phoenix. And uh, they are just doing an outstanding job. Just finished a week with them up at Indian Youth Camp where where they were uh, leading our junior staff program. And uh, so, man, it's just exciting to see what God has been doing through construction. We have this one last picture that I wanted to show you of construction. This land we have just secured on the Fort Belknap Reservation and uh, are um, waiting for, I think they want us to do an environmental impact study or something on this can because the land had not been disturbed, and they want to make sure it's not uh, doesn't have any artifacts or whatever on it. But this land was leased from the tribe by the local church, and uh, we're about to build a new facility on here as soon as we get the green light. And the Lord marvelously provided. We still haven't quite paid for the last one, and so when this pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Tony, uh, uh, approached us and said, "Man, I, I'd like to build a new church." Um, we wanted to do that, but, you know, we didn't have any money. We had just made a great appeal the last couple of years for this last church. And he knew this one guy that he had worked for that was a Christian man uh, in Haver, one of the uh, the hub towns up in the up on what they call the High Line. And uh, 
he wanted us to have a meeting with him. So we met with this, this man who's been a great friend of Native Ministry. And uh, we were trying to share about the plans and all of that. And, and you know, I didn't want to ask him what his commitment would be, but I thought that he must want to do something. And right towards the end, when I was just building up to that, he said, well, you know, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll just give you $100,000 for this church. And then if you need any more, let me know. And uh, so God has miraculously done this. But see, it's all of this is connected to missions partnership. And, and each of us play a small role, but it, it's the, the very the very fact that we play small roles is where there's so much value in it. Each person doing what God has called them to do. And, and, and in the end, God builds his kingdom. He builds his church and lives are impacted. And people are one to Christ and families are changed. The, the hope and the future of the next generation is redirected because of missions partnership. And uh, so uh, it's just been, it's been such a, a marvelous a marvelous journey. The last thing I want to talk about is uh, is uh, Indian Youth Camp. Uh, I know that some of you have been to, to camp with us and uh, and know at least what it was like a few years back. And uh, this next picture shows uh, just one of the, the the sports things. The trash can relay is this incredibly funny uh, game that they do. But this year we had 213 campers and then another eight kids that were in our mentoring program for um, 16 to 17-year-olds that are too old to go to camp anymore. They come back and they're in a mentoring program that um, helps them to, uh, to really experience the, the next step in their relationship with the Lord. But um, the camp is, was staffed this year by almost 200 volunteers, a lot of them missions, missions teams. And it would almost seem like that is a little overkill to have 200 staff for a camp of 213 kids. And, uh, but what it is, it's, a, it's not a church camp. It's an evangelistic camp. Most of the kids that come are not saved. And yet, uh, and yet most of those kids, when they leave, have given their heart to Christ. And... Uh, it is it's just such a powerful thing to see what God does through missions partnership. There's 30-something people that come and do nothing but cook food and wash dishes for a week to feed the 400-something people that are there. There's others that all they do is sports. There's others that all they do is security and crafts and, you know, all kinds of small jobs. But when it all comes together, there's a camp that opens up the hearts of the kids because there's so much fun stuff to do for these unchurched kids that come. At the same time, there's a, um, there's a person doing all of the work, so we don't have to deal with whether or not children have a good work ethic, trying to get them to clean up or do the dishes or, or whatever. They just are there for, for what God has an appointment with them to, to accomplish. And we see in the services, and these next two pictures are, are shots of, to me, what is the key of, for everything that ha- happens during the, that week of Indian Youth Camp, and that is an encounter, an authentic encounter with the living God. Sometimes the Spirit of the Lord just, just comes and settles in the services in a, a remarkable way where so many of these kids have never even been in the, in the Lord's presence. Some have never been in church, period, ever in their life. 
and they meet with God and, and without any understanding of what it's what it's supposed to look like when you when you come into an authentic moment with God they they I, I see them in the altars and I watch the Lord begin to touch their hearts and uh, mend what's broken so most of the kids are not raised by their parents uh, most of the kids have a lot of wounds from things that have happened to them and yet when they meet God there there is such a mending that takes place as the ointment of God's presence comes for kids that do not know Christ a moment of surrendering their life to Christ it changes everything uh, a couple of years ago I was walking over to the tabernacle in the afternoon just be- maybe an hour before church and there was this one boy, he was about 14, and boy, he had been a tough kid. Matter of fact, that wasn't his first year there. And uh, I almost sent him home several times that year. He had done all kinds of things, kicked in doors and started to get in fights and all kinds of stuff, smoking and uh, no telling what else. But he was walking across towards me, and he had, he had left this crowd of kids. And just before I got to the door, he, he, he got to me, and he said, Hey, uh, Pastor, um, he said, uh, how do I do that, uh, you know, that thing, what do you call it? And I didn't know what he meant. And he said, you know that, that thing? And I said, I'm not sure what you're asking. He said, you know that, that thing where, where you get your sins forgiven? And I said, oh, you want, you, want, you, you, want to, you want to be saved? You want to give your life to Christ? He said, yeah, that's, that's it. So I asked him if he would just come in. And we, we walked into the tabernacle, not a soul in there. And we got down to the altars where I've seen thousands and thousands of people encounter the Lord in those altars. And I talked to him about what it meant to really surrender your life to Christ. And I said, is that what you want to do? He said, yeah. So I prayed with him and I led him to Christ in that, um, in that tabernacle. And there was this instantaneous transformation in, of, of his, in, of his countenance. He just, he had, he, I don't think I'd ever seen him smile and he just broke into this big smile and, and he was just instantly transformed you could tell he was a new creation in christ and the rest of the week he was just a model camper and he sent out word to all of his younger brothers and sisters no more trouble you know everybody do what you're supposed to do and uh, i think about kids like him and and how that that is really the essence of of why we do missions uh, it's it's not a program. It's it's individual people that, for whatever reason, are not able to be reached by the traditional church. So we use what we term missions to make sure that they're not left out, and that God's heart is for every person. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And uh, I, just as I close, I, I want to share this. Uh, Indian Youth Camp starts on a Monday, but on Sunday, all the staff gather together for uh, a service that evening. We meet one another, and then we spend time praying, first preparation for um, our own selves for the week of camp, and then secondly, intercession for the kids that will be attending. And our staff director shared part of this Facebook message that he had gotten from a girl that attended camp many years ago. Her name was uh, Zara Gozahead, and... Uh, she had just unsolicited knew that camp was coming up and uh, uh, emailed or, or Facebooked Ray and uh, asked him 
uh, or just shared this with them. And I'd like to just share a part of that uh, with you. Uh, Zara starts, well, I'm messaging you all to let you know that 12 years ago, I made the greatest decision of my life. I said the sinner's prayer and accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I have never been the same. I'm sharing this because all of you had had an impact in my life. You poured into this broken Indian girl's life, gave me hope, and gave of your time to let me see Jesus through your actions. I'll never be able to repay you for that. What you did at Indian Youth Camp was not in vain, and for all those still a part of camp, it's not in vain because his word does not return void. I'm an example of that. Your prayers for my life have helped me, and I'm so thankful for them. Before this day 12 years ago, I was tormented and in a very dark place for months. I remember sitting on the steps at Michaela's house, hating God and yet asking if he was real and telling him to show himself. Little did I know that two months later, he showed up. Ha ha, best day of my life. I said if I was ever going to try this God thing out, I was going to be sincere. No messing around, no getting in my cycle of a once a year fling with him, but that I was going to be all in. I've made mistakes since then, had my moments of condemnation, but I didn't quit fighting. Remember that what you did at camp made a difference in my life. I will continue to chase after our Father with you in mind because I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for you. And I would just pass that on to you because everything that has happened at Indian Youth Camp from that little group of 60 kids that was meeting at the Kiwanis Camp when we first became involved with it to where it is now and the ministry that takes place that's touching so many lives. This last year, just in, in June, the, there was just a significant presence of God. The lives of the kids were impacted in such a, such a powerful way. I looked around and so much of the leadership of the camp now is Native American. And I think about what a difference that makes for kids to come in and see others that are, say, 20 years old, like the young man that was leading worship or some of the the pastors that are in key positions of leadership as the staff pastor or as the camp pastor. And uh, I recognize that although it's been slow, God has done a marvelous, marvelous work. And uh, that's the power of missions. Very seldom is missions a moment. Missions is more of a journey. that We just work together day by day doing the unspectacular that in the end adds up to the miraculous that we see. Every year it takes $25,000 of fundraiser just to put on that one week of camp. We do charge the kids, but they pay only a portion of what it takes to to sponsor um, the week of camp. I am amazed that for all of these years, for a couple of decades, God has financially provided for that camp. And every year I think going into it, I don't, Lord, there's no way I, I started to count it up on, you know, who some of our faithful donors are, but always in unexpected ways, God prompts somebody from somewhere. Sometimes we don't even know who they are. And they give to the work of Indian Youth Camp because it touches the heart of God. And he wants to see that camp uh, uh, continue. And uh, I just pray even today as, as we close the service out 
that that maybe you would just ask yourself the question today, what is it that God has separated you to do? Uh, just like the Apostle Paul, I, I think about that in my own life. You know, who would have known that God would separate me and my wife and my kids to move to Montana and be involved in that, that kind of work? But who would have known that God would bring a community like Ontario and connect them with the reservations of Montana? God has separated your church for this as well. But individually, what is it that God has separated you to for missions, for partnering with us and in, 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 uh, the way that you do through monthly uh, giving, through what God will prompt you today to be involved with in, in the fundraising that, that, that we're um, that uh, that we are doing as we travel in your own community, though that place that God has called you, is because missions is really about reaching those that are unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it's the school uh, outreach with the the school supplies or something else that your church is involved with, I saw your signs out there. You must have some kind of a vacation Bible school or something coming up. But there's nothing there's nothing as rewarding in receiving like there is in giving, that we give our lives away for the cause of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's living. That's living. And we thank you for partnering with us uh, in reaching the Native American people of Montana. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Now, I was thinking as, as Richard was sharing, um, you know, what... You know, I can't imagine taking my family to, to Montana, not even knowing where I was going to live. And it's 15 below. And I, I think your, your kids were probably, what, five or six and seven and ten. They probably thought it was cool. They thought it was an adventure. They didn't know any better at the time. Um, and, I, you know, I, I thought well, this is a good reminder for us of, of how you can get in, involved in missions. Because sometimes we hear a, a mission speaker and we're like, you know, that's wonderful what they're doing in Montana. We see the pictures of what God is doing. And, you know, one of the things that I really strive for at our church is, is and one of the things I appreciate about our church is that at the DNA, at the core of our church, it is, is it is a, a, a missions church that there is a heartbeat. I know we go on missions trips every year, but, um, but, but tangibly, how can you be in, involved in missions? And, and there's a couple things that you can do that I just want to remind you, you know, every Every third Sunday, it's it's typically our missions giving Sunday, and this is above and beyond your tithe. This is back in January when we have our mission celebration week that you fill out a faith commitment card that you're going to say, "I'm going to faithfully give specifically to missions," and that's a whole different segment of our giving of our church is is specifically to missions to help support Hope and Richard and and all the other missionaries that we support both in the United States worldwide and even locally and the way you can do that one way you can give is 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 financially supporting that every month where you specifically give specifically to missions you just write in your check missions or in your your tithe envelope you just put missions that's i know it's a commitment that you make above and beyond your ties but but i think richard made a great point there is something about giving your life away it's not only financially which you can be part of and which we're going to take an offering for uh, for, for the stewards, for all the construction and all the things that, that go on in Montana and, and just bless them with that. But, but also it's about, about just giving your life. And 
you know, whether it's through the school outreach or it's through VBS, it's about reaching people for the Lord. And, and I, I know for me, when, when we went to Montana and you saw those little kids and, and you saw where they came from and, and just the, the alcoholism rate and just the, the sense of maybe some hopelessness there. And boy, when, when Christ comes into a situation like that girl that Richard read about in the Facebook post, when Christ comes into a situation and transforms that life, it, it turns a, a hopeless situation into one that has hope, even though the situation or the circumstance or their surroundings are still the same. There's something transformational that happens because it's, it goes beyond their circumstance now to a Savior, to Jesus Christ, who's greater than all those things that they're faced with. And, 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 and you know, the same hopelessness that's faced there is the same hopelessness that's right here. That, that's, that's right in our backyard. And I can remember last year at the school outreach, we had a, a single mom that came up to me. And um, she came through the doors. She lives across the street in the mobile home park. And she just pulled me aside. She goes, Pastor Bard, I want to tell you. She goes, I don't come to church all the time. She goes, I know I need to come more, but I don't come all the time. But she goes, you will never know what this church has meant to me and to my family and how you've helped us through difficult times. See, there's a hope that we give when we give ourselves away. And I I said to myself, this whole outreach was worth it if it was just for that one single mom. Telling her that we care. And there's something about that when we give our lives away and that it's beyond our world, it changes hopelessness into hope because we realize that the hope of this world is Jesus Christ. That's it. Without him, every, every circumstance. So... The hopelessness in Montana is the same as the hopelessness in Ontario. Different circumstances, maybe different situations, but there's still that sense of hopelessness, and only Christ can change that. And that's why the world needs a Savior. And that's what Hope and Richard are called to in Montana, and that's what we're called to here in Ontario, even though we may reach out to the United States or we may reach out to world missions, but right here in our own backyard. People need the Lord. And when you take a step of faith, and I believe just by you giving monthly to missions helps you to take a step of faith to see beyond your own circumstances and say, God, I'm going to give to this because I know that, that, that God, I want you to, 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 to move around this world. And I want to be part of, of that giving beyond myself. I want to give of myself and maybe be involved in different areas of outreach that we have right here in the church and, and see what God does. And, and, and I always love to share the story because Richard went short. So I appreciate that Richard. And he, he, he behaved himself. I'm not behaving myself right now, but I can remember we were in Montana and you've got these 15 or 20 teenagers that we took. And I can remember we were doing outdoor outreaches, like dramas outdoors. And we just went into the streets and the kids were scared. They're like, well, what if the people don't like us? What if, what if, you know, they throw stuff at us? Because we're just in this dirt parking lot. And what happened? People from the town of Brown you know, on, that, on that reservation drove their vehicles, and they formed like a big circle, and they all sat in their cars. And I think at one point they had their headlights on because it was getting dark. And I can remember the kids doing their dramas about Jesus right in that dirt thing. To see the kids go beyond themselves, to go in the boldness of the Lord, to show them the love of Christ was amazing. I remember Rich and I would go window to window to all the um, uh, all the people that were sitting in their cars and just 
telling them about the church and telling them about, about the Lord. And when they would finish one of their dramas, if they liked it, they would beep their horns. And so they beeped their horns after each one. And it was such a, there was something that happened that week that you could see within that community and people started. We had a lot of kids. I can't remember the number of kids that came out to the VBS that week. But there's something transformational that, that happened in that community because it was Christ. And it was a bunch of teenagers who looked beyond themselves to say, God, I want you to use me, even though I feel insecure, and even though I may not feel like I have all the skills in the world, I want you to use me. And God uses those things greatly, and God wants to use you too. So I want you to be encouraged just to give yourself to the Lord and allow God to use uh, the things that you think are inadequate and allow him to use them to do great things through you because he wants to use you for his sake and for his glory ultimately. And when you do that, you are blessed. And I believe that a church that focuses on missions and beyond themselves is a blessed church. And I believe God blesses this church because of that. And so I want God's blessing to be on your life. And I believe that happens when we look beyond ourselves and we allow the Lord to use us. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, 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 just a special offering for, for Hope and Richard and for all these different things that, that, that they're engaged in and you see what God is doing. And you can write out a check and write it out to, to, to Living Word and we'll make sure that this whole offering uh, goes to help the ministry there in Montana and the churches that are growing and the churches that are being built. And so we want to bless them and, uh, and, and ask God to, to, to use it greatly. So, so let's pray and then the worship team is, is going to just lead us in song as, as, the, as the ushers take, take your offering today. And uh, so let's just pray and ask God just to, uh, just, to, just to use this and to bless hope and Richard. And God, we just thank you for this time. And Lord, we thank you for what, what you're doing in Montana. We, we thank you that you placed a call on hope and Richard so many years ago to take them out of their comfort zone something that they were comfortable with, to go to a totally different place and to say, God, we just want you to use us. And Lord, we years later, we see the fruit. We see the, the fruit through their ministry. We see the fruit in their own children's lives of how you're using them in the ministry. And God, that's something that we give you complete glory for. And we thank you, God, that not everything goes perfectly, but you even use those things to cause us to grow deeper in you. And so, Lord, we just praise that we could take this offering, God, that, that God, it would be used for the furtherance of your kingdom and the things that need to be accomplished there in Montana would happen. And we thank you for the fruit that we see today and how lives are being changed and transformed through the power of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So we thank you for this time, God, and we just ask your blessings upon Hope and Richard as they travel, as they minister for you and all their ministry uh, opportunities they have, God, that you would lead them and guide them and give them wisdom through your Holy Spirit. We just thank you for their lives and thank you for bringing them here today and sharing uh, the marvelous stories of what you're doing in Montana. And we're just so grateful for that, God. And we're thankful to be partners with that for your glory and for your name's sake alone. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give to the Lord. Amen.